welcome. This is Nutaku, where we talk things anime and manga. We're not experts or gatekeepers. We're just fans trying to share our love with you. Feel free to interact with us on Instagram and Twitter at NutakuCast, or email us questions and requests at Nutaku2019 at gmail.com. Listen to us on Podbean, Apple and Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify, and please subscribe and share. I am Jim. And I am Frank. Frank, how was your week? My week was good. Uh, I got some updates that I'm sure people are are really hoping to hear. They've been waiting for this. I have finally beat Final Fantasy. I also beat Final Fantasy. Oh, alright. Cool. So we can talk about it then. Should we do like a spoiler thing or do you wanna you wanna review it lately? Um let's uh Let's give it a review. You go ahead, Frank. Okay. So, I would say, I would go with probably, if we were doing like a numerical thing, I would say like a 9 out of 10. This game was really tight for me. I enjoyed a good deal of it. Uh, it leaves some interesting questions for the future of this game in particular, and potentially the franchise as it as it ended. Um, my only complaint was there was a little bit of padding. I feel like it could have been maybe five, maybe five to ten hours shorter than it needed to be. But overall, I mean, especially for everything going on, great experience, well worth the the $60. What did you think, Jim? I think the five hours of padding was to make it worth the amount of money I paid for it. I think that's why they made it bigger, because if it was shrunk down. I mean, this is the quickest I have gotten through a game in a long time. I did play in large segments, but I I, I would agree. It, it was very good. The, the the graphics are amazing on it. It did a great homage to the old game with plenty of new information, and if what I said last week comes true, we might get an open world version coming out of this, which is exciting. What do you think, Frank? Yeah, I, I definitely think that it could go that route, and I think that they did stuff in such a unique way that now, you know, who knows what could happen, and I, I feel like we could see a second game, whether it's a part two or sequel or whatever name it's going to have, a lot sooner than people thought. I'm curious if I mean I mean I know for sure that they were saying that this was going to come out in multiple parts. Um, I wonder how if if it's going to follow the the way that uh, Final Fantasy fit. Did you play Final Fantasy 15? Yes, with Noxus and the boys. Yes, and the cooking. My favorite part was the cooking. I think that uh, I think maybe our open world would be like that, and I'd be okay with that. Did you play it twice now? Did you go through and play it back on hard? Uh, I played honestly like thirty minutes of it just to try some of the uh, you know they had unlocked some of the encounters that you have in the like arenas, so I played them for a little bit, but nothing beyond that. Did you? No, I put too much time into it. I've moved on. I'm not playing anymore. 
Yeah, I'm not a big, like, New Game Plus guy or anything like that, especially with these types of games where it's, like you had said, I already invested so much time and effort into it that unless it's really worthwhile, and in my experience it has not been, I typically am just like, oh, okay, that's good, and then move on to the next thing. What else did you have going on besides Final Fantasy? So, as I beat Final Fantasy, I moved on to another game. I started playing Doom Eternal, which is, you know, uh, for those of you who don't know, is like a classic shooter. They're trying to now make it so there's a little bit more of a storyline instead of you just being a, you know, Doom guy and you're just killing random demons. So they're kind of building on the mythos, which doesn't really work out all the time and isn't really what I'm there for when I'm playing a game like Doom. Uh, but the the combat's fun. It's really arcadey. It's good to play in short, short bursts. Um, and I like, you know, I like first-person shooters and I've always liked the Doom franchise. So that's that's been a lot of fun. And I've been watching a lot of YouTube, too, which has been, uh, you know, I kind of get sucked into those holes just exploring different topics and whatnot. What have you been doing beyond uh, beating Final Fantasy, Jim? So much stuff. You ready? I am ready. So I watched the Rascal Does Not Dream of Bunny Girl Senpai film, which showed up on Funimation last weekend. It's called Rascal Does Not Dream of Dreaming Girl. It wasn't great. It was about an hour and a half long episode of stuff we've already covered. And in retrospect, after watching this movie, quote-unquote, I don't know if I like the show as much anymore. <laughs> I the, the main character is kind of a dickhead. Also, I watched Little Fires Everywhere. Do you know what this is, Frank? I have heard of it. I think it's on, let me guess, It's. I think it's on Hulu, right? It's supposed to be very good. Oh, it's supposed to be very good, huh? So it stars Reese Witherspoon, Reese Witherspoon and Kerry Washington. Um, and it's not so good. Uh, not so good at all. It's uh, There's some weird shit to it. I mean, it's very it's supposed to happen in the 90s. So there's like, you know, she's drinking Slim Fast. And there's uh, 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 strawberry kiwi snapples they're drinking and stuff like that. It was very, like, 90s stuff. But I, I, I don't know if I liked it or not. I watched the whole thing in and out. Sometimes I walked away because my wife was watching. I was like, this is too stupid. The weirdest part, though, that I found of this show, now, mind you, we're in 2020, is that every car, there's a lot of scenes in cars, the driving places, and having discussions in cars and stuff like that. Every scene in a car has this, like, comically bad moving background, like the car is supposed to be driving. Like, I can only think that it was intentional. I, I, it, there's no way they did that on accident. It is terrible looking. It really jolted me into, like, laughter every time it happened. Like, look how bad this is. It's terrible. It's this really serious scene, and they're like, Mom, I don't like you, and Mom, I hate you, because it's a lot of, like, family interactions and stuff. I don't want to give anything away about the show. I did not like it. I'm just going to say that. But I don't like anything. <laughs> Speaking of not like, my wife finished Neon Genesis Evangelion, and I quote her, that was a garbage bullshit ending. Oh man, Jim. I'm sorry. How did how did that make you feel? 
That's whatever. I mean, everybody's opinion, inside of their opinion. She asked what I thought of the ending when it happened, and I was like, I thought it was fucking weird. That's what I thought. But then we watched End of Evangelion, and she liked that way better. So I finally got my wife to finish Neon Genesis Evangelion, and now I don't have to bother her about it anymore. But I think the catch is, is that now I have to go watch Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the series, which I've never watched, and she loves that. Yes. Have you ever yes, seen it? Yes, I have, and I'm excited for you to see it. It's about time you finally saw it. You can now ascend to your final form, Jim. I'm Sephiroth. I'm going to turn to Sephiroth. Thank God for the remake, because I always called him Sephiroth. I got it backwards. <laughs> I'm sorry. We, we're, we're trying to do something new, because, you know, every week it's something new with the audio quality, and we're trying to do this thing where we wait. So it may sound a little stilted. Hopefully it sounds better, but I find myself laughing at you, Jim, or laughing with you, rather, but I can't. I can't. Am I a clown? I can't do it. I'm not supposed to. I have to wait. So I have to, like, hold back the laughter. And now it's just going to sound. It's just going to sound. I don't even know how it's going to sound. But you know what? We'll, we'll, we'll go. You know what? How about this? We do this for free. We try our best. We're trying. It's for free. We're going fucking crazy. It's COVID, baby. Speaking of uh, video game strength, change the subject back. Uh, are you still playing uh, the island game? Animal Crossing? Uh, yes, yes, that one. Yes, I am playing it a little bit. I'm not playing it nearly as much as I was when it fir- when I first got it. I hear the internet has turned on it. Is that true? Uh, I mean, the internet turns on everything. I guess, like, I could see people being upset about it just because of the way, the nature of the game, and people are really competitive. I, uh, on the other hand, I refuse to... I stared at eBay and all these, you know, buying sites, whether or not I was going to get the Nintendo Switch, right? Switch. Uh, But I'm cheap, as I've said before. So instead, I spent like 12 bucks plus whatever amount, and I downloaded the booty version of the Animal Crossing. I got Stardew Valley. Have you ever played Stardew Valley? I have played Stardew Valley. I would say it's not the booty version. That's a fun game. I love it. I'm in the fall harvest of my first year now. I have a cat, two chickens, a mushroom cave. A kitchen and a silo. And I have three preserving jars to make all the jellies and pickles. What do you think about that, Frank? Uh, I will say that that seems very in line with what I think you would like. That game is like, you can, you can like, bake bread and stuff. You can, I think, uh, you know, collect all these animals and do crazy stuff. It seems right up your alley. I have yet to get the, uh, the mill to make flower which i think is i'm not sure i'm like balancing out so i'm in fall and then winter comes i don't know do you get crops in winter frank so i had only played uh i think a year or two of it in the game time and every season i think you get you you get like i want to say and somebody is probably shouting at their speaker right now but i think you get like um potatoes and things like that 
potatoes in yeah, winter I think time. So, right? You like put the potatoes in winter and then they come like you can harvest it. I don't know. Oh, I also planted two cherry trees. Like it's uh, blossoms because what kind of an anime fan wouldn't do cherry blossoms, right? Like I'm a total Japanophile. I had to put my my uh, cherry blossom festival for next spring. I'm saving up my money to build a sprinkler system because I'm sick and tired of watering these fucking plants every day. There you go. So uh, you're you're invested now. You're you're in deep. I am. After I'm done recording, I am doing laundry today. Uh, but I am going to dive back in and see if I can get to winter and see what happens. I think I got 15 days left in fall. <laughs> so Frank, Frank, I got a question for you. Did you pre-order Cyberpunk 2177 yet? I did not because I usually do not pre-order games, but I saw that there was a uh, pretty good deal over over the weekend. It's ten dollars off. I pre-ordered it, so it releases. You know, COVID pending. It's supposed to release in sem- September 2020. I mean, I'm going to get the game, so I figured I had ten bucks off. Isn't too bad. My usual routine would be wait until it's on sale. <laughs> Usually on Black Friday, but uh, when I'm really excited for a game, I'll usually I usually get it on a pre-order as soon as it comes out. I mean, I did it with Final Fantasy, and the last one before that, which was I was kind of disappointed with, was Dragon Quest. But um, I mean, this kind of ties into what we're talking about, what we're going to talk about movie-wise this week. I got Cyberpunk 2077. I can't wait to get it in four months. It's going to be exciting. I'm jealous, and now I'm going to have to go and pre-order the game, because like a fool, I know that I'm going to get it day one and pay full price when I could get $10 off. I think it's I think it's still on sale. You should give it a shot. If it is, I'm going to go on there, because I already did laundry, so I don't have to do that today, and I will go and pre-order the game. Excellent. You'll use up about three minutes of your... 18 hours being awake today, you know, so at least you burned a little bit of time. There you go. My wife sent me a link, and I'm kind of questioning it. She wants me to, she said it'd be a good idea. They're looking for volunteers to walk dogs in Philadelphia. And I have nothing to do, and I love pups. And, but I'm kind of like, I'd love to do it. It's up in the Fairmount area, which I'm familiar with in Philadelphia. And I would walk this dog, but I just keep on thinking of the horrible things that could go wrong. I'm very friendly with pups. Pups love me. I've had pups. I've taken care of pups. I just imagine some weird dumb and dumber situation where, like, the dog dies. And then I have to go, like, drive cross cross country to Aspen. Is that crazy? So you thought of the worst case possibility for walking a dog is that the dog in your care dies and then you have a situation on your hand that you have to try and replace the dog. Is that correct? Have you seen Dumb and Dumber? Yeah, that's what the, with the, uh, well, I've seen, I haven't seen it in a long time. I will admit. <laughs> they, they, he accidentally kills the kid's bird and then he takes the head on and sells it to him. Or they, no, someone comes to the house, kills the bird. They need money to go to drive to Aspen, so they tape the bird on the bird's head back on the bird's body and sell it to a blind kid. Okay, I do remember that part. <laughs> so anyway, back to that. 
So I'm going to kill this dog. I'm going to have to tape the dog's head back on. I'm going to give it back to the people, pretend nothing happened, and then I'm going to have to drive to Aspen to escape. So when it comes down, it's just my own selfish, selfish intent. I don't want to get caught killing a dog. How we got to this, I have no idea, but this is my mindset going into, and my anxiety, general anxiety in life, the worst possible thing happening by me going and walking this dog. So I'm still questioning. I have till noon tomorrow to decide. I like this situation because it gives us a glimpse into your head. Yeah, I'm a fucking crazy person. All right, let's go into news, Frank. You ready? Yes, I'm ready. All right, so we have COVID cancellations. Anime Expo is finally canceled. Also, and these are things that directly affect us. Frank, this is bad news for us. Millionaire Detective Balance Unlimited is delayed and will restart from the beginning on July 16th. Frank, I think we have to push this to summer. It's no longer on our spring list. What do you think? Uh, I'm upset by that news for sure. I actually, I, I didn't realize it was getting delayed that far back, but I guess it makes sense. It's a shame. It was a fun show. Yeah, that's the, I mean, my show, the fishing show, uh, is delayed, but I think it's only a couple of episodes so we can keep, I can keep watching that, but this one we're going to have to push back. If it's not starting until July, I'm not going to, I'm not going to hold my breath waiting for it. Also, the Promise Neverland anime's second season is delayed. It was supposed to come out in fall. It's delayed until January 2021. Frank, you have not watched uh, season one, have you? No, I have not watched season one, but I, I read the series. Well, you're going to have to watch season one, Frank. You realize that. It sounds like I have plenty of time with season two being delayed until next year, which is, I that's kind of startling that I guess that stuff is getting pushed back even from winter into, you know, next year or fall. Yeah. Fall into next next year. That doesn't sound good for the anime industry or for this podcast. It sounds good for, for either of those things, yes. Frank, are you ready for some more bad news? Jim, I live for bad news. That's what I'm here for. All right, so this is a big one. I'm going to take a big gulp of water. Ah, that's me swishing it. All right, you ready for this? Scott Rosenberg and Jeff Pinkner are set to write a live-action film adaptation of the worldwide hit manga series One Punch Man for Sony Pictures. What do you think, Frank? Uh, that definitely sounds like bad news. It almost sounds as bad as everything getting delayed. You might as well just not do that project, and I'll save you a lot of money. That's a free tip for Sony Pictures. Here's some here's some background on it. So it's Avi Arad and Ari Arad of the Arad of Arad Productions are producing the film. Rosenberg and Pinkner have become favorites at Sony after penning the hugely successful Venom film, which led to an upcoming sequel. They also wrote both Jumanji picks for the studio, movies which I have and will have no interest in. So this brings gives me no excitement whatsoever. Frank, what are your thoughts? This, this brings me no excitement whatsoever either. I, In fact, now that I'm, I'm sitting here thinking about it, it, has there ever been really like a live-action uh, movie based off of some anime property that has been... That has been great, good even. 
uh, Alita Battle Angel. Oh, yeah, that's right. You you were very hyped on that. I still have to see that. Yes. Have you ever watched the, uh, the Wachowski's uh, Speed Racer? I did not, no. That is a wild, man. I, I don't know if it's good. It's definitely wild, man. It's crazy. Of course, it's filled with white people playing Japanese people, though. But, you know, what are you going to do? You know, there's no way you could stop that, like hire Asian people to play these parts. I can't wait to see The Rock play one play Saitama. <laughs> you could never, yeah, you can't hire Asian actors. That's that's against the rules. Yes. So we have, okay. So they did Venom, right? So that's what uh, uh, Tom Hardy. Yes. Okay, and Jumanji that has uh, Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Yes. It has Jack. It has Jack Black in it. It has Amy Pond in it. Remember Amy Pond? I don't know the actress's name, but she was in Doctor Who. That's what made her famous. Yes, you know I know you're talking about the redheaded woman. Yes, the redheaded woman. So, I'm imagining the Dwayne the Rock Johnson as Saitama, Thomas Hardy as who would he be? We're gonna do. We'll imagine her doing the first season. Is he Genos? He's too old to do Genos. Maybe he's... Oh, man. If he's... Uh, 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 who's the guy that with the sweater and his boyfriends in One Punch Man? I, do I, do not, I, do, he's dead air. <laughs> I do not know. <laughs> so we'll have Tom Hardy play him. Um, I don't know who Amy Pond would play. And Jack Black can play. I don't know. What? Is, this is terrible. This is a terrible idea, and I think all these people are going to get cast in it. I can't wait. Jack Black would play. Uh, would play the reindeer, Rudolph, or whatever his name is. Reindeer, one punch. Oh no, no, no! Wait, not one punch. Hold on. Oh about? man, I was thinking One Piece for some reason. <laughs> I completely you did I lose you did you lose me you did lose me. Do you read did, my? Notes I'm looking at I'm it right now. Says OPM live action. Oh man, that was bad. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm moving on. I totally lost you on that. I'm sure the fans at home are probably like fans. We don't have fans. We have an air conditioner. The listeners at home are probably confused as well. So we'll move on. Yes, One Punch Man. OPM One Punch Man live live action. Next. Frank, you failed me. Next. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. That was so bad. Ugh. All right. The Shin Evangelium films are on Studio Cars YouTube for free. Did you check any of them out, Frank? I did not. The first when I had I had uh did check to see if they were on it, and then when I had looked at the time, I didn't see them. Had they they had been put up recently though, right? Yeah, it was over. I, I believe it was last week or over the weekend. Uh, Evangelion 1.0, You Are Not Alone, was viewed two million times in just one day. That's crazy. That is crazy. And it has ads on it? Yes. I would imagine it has ads, yeah. Unless you pay for it. Do you pay for yours, Frank? Your YouTube? I do not, but I did uh, gift my brother a, a subscription for his birthday because he really loves YouTube and he seems to be enjoying it. All right, next news item. 
Warner Media announced on Tuesday that its HBO Max streaming service will launch on May 27th. The service will cost $14.99 U.S. per month, and select titles will be available at, la- at launch. Why am I talking about this? Because HBO Max will offer kids, quote, entire studio Ghibli film library of 21 films this spring. This deal marks the first time that Studio Ghibli films will stream on any platform. The, okay, it includes other things, including Crunchyroll, Cartoon Network, Adult Swim, and Rooster Teeth. They're going to offer some content. Uh, Crunchyroll has confirmed that only select content for Crunchyroll will be available on HBO Max. Crunchyroll's own platform will remain as the only service to offer the full library. Uh, HBO Max service will eventually offer about 10,000 hours of content. It will feature content from other Warner Media, uh, Warner Media brands, such as Warner Brothers, New Line Cinema, DC Entertainment. I can't wait to watch uh, Arrow, CNN, TNT, TBS, True TV, True TV, the, <laughs> the CW, Turner Classic Movies, and Looney Tunes. All right, Frank, I have a theory, but go ahead. What are your thoughts on this? Are you going to go out and get the HBO Max for fifteen fucking dollars a month? Uh, yeah, I gotta watch my my True TV by Impractical Jokers, Jim. Everybody knows that that's my that's my favorite show. Is that what's on True TV? I just assumed it was like documentaries. I don't for the listeners at home. I couldn't tell you the last time I watched anything on cable that didn't involve like a sporting event. The last time I watched a sporting event was probably the Flyers in the spring hockey i would say true tv is kind of in line with what the like wb used to be so that's sort of kind of programming um but not to get too far off topic with hbo max like would i get it potentially i'm kind of at my max though when it comes for streaming services like i feel like i already pay like 50 dollars a month for you know five different services to add another one i don't know do you have? Do you pay for um, uh, Disney Plus? So I did not. My brother actually had Disney Plus for a little while, and then after the Mandalorian ended, uh, he got rid of it because there was there was nothing really for us on that. Right. I would imagine it's probably just kids programming at that point, right? Um, I do have a theory, though. Hear me out. I've been waiting and waiting for the Uzumaki uh, anime, the Cartoon Network version of Uzumaki by Junji Ito, to come out. I've been waiting for it. They said spring initially. The date for this is May 27th. I'm imagining that, this, that Uzumaki's being held out. That's one of the things that might draw fans to HBO Max besides Ghibli. Because they're using Ghibli as the big selling point. But I think that they're going to wait until May 27th. I'm very excited for it, but I don't want to wait another month. And I'm definitely not going to get this I'm not getting this to watch Uzumaki. Looks like bootleg city, Frank. Do you think that they could potentially use this as now a platform to get into their own original content, whether that be them actually creating it or them acquiring it? So we we start to see this kind of fragmentation once again, where you know now it's not just Funimation and Crunchyroll. Now you have HBO in the in the works and WB, and they're scooping it all up. I mean, W uh, Warner Brothers, Warner Media owns all of these things. So except for Ghibli, it doesn't own Ghibli, but 
I mean, that's kind of what's going on. They're buying everything up. It's Sony, uh, Sony, Warner Media, um, Comcast. I don't know. I'm just. It, I, I think that Uzumaki is going to show up on Adult Swim normally, like in the normal network, which I would, pay, which I pay for anyway on cable. So it'll give me a reason to watch cable. But I think they're going to hold out. So this news actually is something I'm going to keep an eye on because I'd like to watch that as soon as it comes out. All right. Next up. Your Nintendo Switch, Frank. You have one, correct? Correct, I do. I love it. The Inky Pen Comics subscription service for Nintendo Switch announced on Friday that is partnering with Kadansha USA Publishing, which handles the Kadansha Comics and Vertical Imprints, to offer the publisher's manga. The announcement stated that hundreds of fan-favorite manga from Kadansha and Vertical are now available through Inky Pen. The available, title, the available titles include Attack on Titan, Parasite, Battle Angel Alita, and Fairy Tale. Uh, you can, it's, they have free stuff, but then there's like all you can read, which costs $7.99 per month US. Um, I'm curious, do, do you have this app? I do not have this app, and in fact, I don't actually even know if I would go about reading on the Switch just because of the way that the console is designed. I read a lot of stuff on my phone, and even that I'm kind of like iffy on, where sometimes I get a little angry on the way that, you know, you have to pinch and zoom and do all this stuff, and the Switch doesn't really seem designed to kind of do it. I mean, now I might check it out and just for the free stuff um, and see which, what's what, maybe get, get back to everybody next week, but uh, I don't have it as of now. Uh, can you project the, the Switch? You can project onto your television, right? Yeah, you can. You can if you have the main one, you can dock it and project it on on your uh, on your TV. Yes, that's correct. Okay. Interesting. I'm not interested. Uh, next up. <laughs> so on May 28th, Doro Head Doro is going to start streaming on Netflix. This is a show we talked about, uh, I believe, in fall 2019. Here's your synopsis. In a city so dismal, it's known only as The Hole. A clan of sorcerers have been plucking people off the streets to use as guinea pigs for atrocious experiments in the black arts. In a dark alley, Nakaido found Cayman, a man with a reptile head and a bad case of amnesia. To undo the spell, they're hunting and killing the sorceresses and sorcerers in the hole, hoping that eventually they'll kill the right one. But when N, the head sorcerer, gets word of a lizard man slaughtering his people, he sends a crew of cleaners into the hole, igniting a war between the two worlds. Frank, what do you think of Doro Head Doro? My favorite thing about that description is it, it as you read it, it seems almost like it's ad-libbed, like you had just put random things together. I remember like watching the trailer. Yes. I mean, I'll, I'll take a look at it. It seems crazy. Yeah, it seems wild. Also, Frank, Ghost in the Shell popped up on Netflix with no advertising to me, you know, the audience for a show like this. Now, we kind of knew that it was showing up because we cover it, but I got to ask you, how would a casual fan find out about this in, in general, like if, if you're not being advertised to it? 
you don't. I mean, that's the thing. I think me and you both kind of just stumbled on it, and uh, that that was that. I had no idea. And I'd love I'd love an explanation of net Netflix system of promoting its shows because I absolutely do not get it. We I've been complaining about this for a year now. I don't understand it. What what is their system and how does it work? And how, like, their shows must get buried, like, these shows must get buried beneath other stuff. Like, Waco is being advertised to me. Waco. Watch Waco. I watched, like, 40 minutes of the show. Stinks. Why do you keep advertising me this crap? And that's, like, my wheelhouse. History, politics, stuff like that. I put that on for 40 minutes, I started pitching and complaining and walked out of the room. But Netflix has to watch, get me to watch Waco, but I watch, I don't know, hours of anime on Netflix? It couldn't advertise to me that Ghost of the Show was coming out? I, I agree. I agree completely. I have no idea why it does the things it does. It seems like it just acquires or they develop shows, and then some of them, before they even launch, they're just like, yeah, this one's not going to work out. And they're like, well, you're not giving it an opportunity. You're not presenting it in front of the people that would actually watch it. Like, unless you're, say, listening to the Nutaku anime podcast, you wouldn't know about it. Right. And looking at our numbers, no one listens. <laughs> Some people listen. Some people. <laughs> I kid. We have listeners. Uh, okay, let's let's step into this then. So, Frank, you watched a couple episodes of Ghost in the Shell, correct? The new one. Yes, I watched exactly one episode. Okay, I uh, I gotta say, and if people have listened. Frank has never, you've never watched any Ghost in the Shell products, correct? Before you watched one episode of the new series, correct? Yes, that's correct. Uh, I'm well aware of it, especially with the whole uh, live action Scarlett Johansson thing and all that, but I never watched anything in its entirety, no. So Frank, you decided to jump into the series. Let's let's think of an analogy. Think Star Wars, because you know a lot of people get angry about Star Wars. So you decided to jump into Star Wars at the Clone Wars without watching any of the original films. Correct? That's that's the analogy I'm getting. Yeah, I think that's a pretty apt uh, analogy. Uh, jumping into the one episode. Um... <laughs> So we cured that problem this week. This week, we are going to have Frank review 1995's Ghost in the Shell, a.k.a. Kokaku Kidotai, or as it was known in Japan, ready for this? Mobile Armored Riot Police. Streaming on YouTube. Uh, it's an hour and 22 minutes. The studio is Production IG. The source is based on the Seinen manga series written and illustrated by Masamune Shiro who also did Appleseed and Dominion Tank Police. little background. Appleseed is the first manga I ever owned. The screenplay was by Kazunori Ito, who is known for the Dot .hack series, which you've probably heard of. And it's directed by acclaimed director Mamoru Oshii, who did uh, Pat Labor and the Pat Labor franchise. Usurai, uh, Urusei Yatsura, which is a pretty damn good one, which we should probably go and watch at some point. Uh, music is by Kenji Kawai. And the genres. Action, mecha, police, psychological, sci-fi, and seinen. 
Here's your synopsis, Frank. In the year 2029, advances in cybernetics allow people to replace nearly all of their body parts with organs and organs with robotics. Through these prosthetics, <laughs> the weak are made strong and the dying are given new life. Public Security Section 9 of Nihama City, official setting inspired by Hong Kong, a diverse team of AI, cyborgs, and unmodified humans must investigate cases of corruption and terrorism. Major Motoko Kusanagi has full-body prosthetics owing to a childhood accident, which we don't find out in the movie. I'm assuming that's in the, in the manga. She, her second-in-command, Bago and information specialist Ishikawa, who we see for like a split second in the film, have been assigned an important task to investigate a hacker known only as the Puppet Master. But as Motoko and her team discover, things are never so simple. Ghost in the Shell is a futuristic thriller with intense action scenes mixed in with slower artistic sequences and many philosophical questions about one's own soul, gender, and human identity in such an advanced age of technology. Some background real quick. The original Ghost in the Shell manga ran in Japan from April 1989 until November 1990. Production ideas produced several anime adaptations of the series. It's 2002 television series, Ghost in the Shell, Stand Low Complex. There's Ghost in the Shell 2, Innocence. There's the Ghost in the Shell Arise OVA series. Uh, there's the 200, the new one, the 2020 animated television series, Ghost in the Shell, SAC 2045. And an American-produced, if you weren't aware of this con controversy, an American-produced live-action film, which was a retelling of the narrative, the original 1995 film, which was released on March 31st of 2017. Some more background. There's lots of background, because this is a pretty important piece of work. Shiro, the writer, said that he always wanted the title of the manga to be Ghost in the Shell, even in Japan, but his publishers insisted on mobile armored riot police. He chose Ghost in the Shell in homage to author Kostetler's, author Kostetler's, Arthur Kostetler. He's an author. His name is Arthur Kostetler. The Ghost in the Machine was a psychological philosophical book. It's about body and mind being together, separate entities. I don't know. Go read it. It's pretty deep. Uh, Ghost in the Shell influenced a number of prominent filmmakers. The Wachowskis showed the film to producer Joel Silver saying, we want to do this for real. And The Matrix... Uh, took a bunch of concepts from this to make The Matrix. I mean, you'll see that in a lot of the movies we... the a couple of the films that we reviewed for the podcast, that The Matrix corked a lot of the ideas from these things, which is cool to see them being inspired by anime for so long. Um, James Cameron is also also a noted anime and uh, manga fan. Said it goes in the shells inspiration for his film Avatar. And for me personally... Ghost in the Shell is one of the big three of early 90s anime, along with Ninja Scroll, which we reviewed a couple weeks ago, and Neon Genesis Evangelion. And I have legit met three different people. I have a lot of tattoos. I know a bunch of people with tattoos. Three different people that have net port, neck port tattoos in reference to Ghost in the Shell. So, Frank, your thoughts on Ghost in the Shell, the film. Sure. So, as this is my first time properly watching the show, I had come to the realization that I must have either seen imagery or certain scenes um, at some point in my life, or maybe, like you had said, just because of the amount of movies and things that were inspired after the fact, 
might have kind of jogged my memory into thinking that I had seen some of these things. Um, the action sequences in this movie are extremely well done, and they're one of the things that stand out the most to me. Uh, I specifically like the chase scene that ends in the water with uh, Kusanagi being invisible and kind of fighting the guy. I thought that was amazing. I was, like, so tuned into this. Um, it had me kind of, uh, I was just like riveted. I was, I couldn't look away. Um, and the animation throughout, not just in the action, uh, sequences themselves, they stand up extremely well. In fact, I would say that they, they may stand up better than, uh, any of the older stuff that we have watched to date. Uh, the sound is top notch. It's very atmospheric. Um, the soundtrack kind of sets the tone for the movie, which, you know, as it should, but this one does it in such a way that, um, it makes it, it makes the movie, it makes it feel like cyberpunk and what you would think cyberpunk would be, which is, makes sense. This is kind of the, the start of this genre, uh, a lot of people, there's a lot of arguments as to what cyberpunk is. This is one of the pieces of fiction that everyone kind of agrees this is this is it. Um, there is a scene that also stands out where there's this montage sequence that's about three minutes long. And it also helps to establish the tone and the world in such graphic detail. Uh, it's just shots of buildings, vehicles, you know, um, just gritty, dirty, and it really just envelops you and kind of gets you in and locked into the movie. Uh, at, it was at that point, which I think is about halfway through the movie, that I was really like, holy shit, Like this is like a really, really cool movie. Uh, I have really no complaints. It's fun. It, uh, it asks very philosophical and important questions. You know, which what it means to kind of be human as technology progresses and is probably more relevant now, even more so than it was, uh, I guess, 20, 25 years ago. Um, and it, it, it definitely makes you think. I mean, this this movie was it was a lot. I don't know why I, I didn't think it was going to be as good as it was. And then it was one of those movies where, when it was over, I was just like, holy shit, it was a great movie. I enjoyed it a lot. Uh, I mean, uh, I really have nothing negative to say about it. I'm a big fan of the character design. It's pretty iconic. Kusanagi and Bato are like, you know, for 20 years you've been able to tell who they are just by looking at them. And Kusanagi is seriously one of the most physically beautifully constructed characters her muscle structure and movements and everything and the music is amazing i have to do the one term you used was montage on the scenes where, where we're looking at like architecture in the world i wouldn't use montage montage is more of a device to push a story along in a speedy amount of time it definitely sets up what the world looks like but there's no real cat there's no real story development there's background but not story development but i mean that's just like i'm nitpicking you that's it but um the music i mean the music is so good. And some of the scenes, like, where, uh, and you talked about the action scene with the guy with the camouflage on. Um, like, that is so memorable once you've seen it once. Like, you'll see that fight scene. It may not be in the camouflage, but just the way that it's shot, quote unquote, you'll see that in other films going forward, action films, whether it's John Wick or 
you know, like you'll see that this movie inspired a lot of stuff, and not not even just like cyberpunk or anime. This is like a big deal. This film. Yeah, that action sequence in particular is one of the ones where, when I was watching it, it definitely jogged. That was kind of what I was talking about in the beginning, where I had felt like I'd seen it before, and I don't think I actually saw that scene in this movie in particular. It just felt like other scenes in movies that I had watched. And also the scene where uh, Kusanagi lands on top of the tank and she tries to use all of her, you know, aug- well, it's not augmented, it's robotic strength. Her muscles are, like, synthetic muscles start bulging out of her skin. They do such a great job at just projecting how powerful these these android physical bodies are. When she jumps onto something and the, the, the surface she lands on collapses, but she carries herself with a grace that doesn't seem like a robot. It's so cool, man. It is very cool. It's very stylized. I can definitely see why people can be very invested in this world and kind of cyberpunk in general. Uh, With this movie, so, like, there's so many other things beyond this. And to kind of touch base to this Netflix series that had popped up... Uh, is it, so are the, like, are there any direct sequels? Are these, are they like spinoffs? Like, what's the deal with all the other stuff going on? I, I don't know. I mean, I've only watched the one series, and a couple of them I've turned off. Standalone Complex I've watched. I don't remember if there's like a Puppet Master mention or anything like that. There might be. When it comes down to it, it's, they're all within this world. Like the, the 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 Netflix series is a direct sequel to what's going on in this film, like just maybe a couple of years down the line, because they're still using you know the same terminology and now they're in the United States, which I haven't gotten far enough. I only watched the first episode, um, but I mean I'd I'd be willing to watch one of these series as one of our retros to get some more answers on that, because I you got to remember when Ghost Ghost in the Shell standalone complex, which people hold in high regard. It was in 2002, and I wasn't watching anime at that time. So I, that's one of those gaps for me, like 2002 until, like, I don't know, about eight years ago. I wasn't really watching, so, like, I missed a lot of this stuff. And, of course, I was, a, like, a weird gatekeeper face, like, there's no way this is good as you wish to bother. You know what I mean? Which is a dumb way to think, but I've gotten over that point in my See, that's good, though. That's You had that phase, it's over with, and now you can be accepting of, of things. Uh, um, I'm happy to see it. This this film was amazing, and I would definitely be interested in, in exploring some of the some of the other stuff in a, in a future retro, for sure. All right, Frank, here it is. Any more thoughts on the show or on the movie? No, that's it. I spoke my piece. My piece has been said. All right, what's your new Taku your coveted Nutaku ranking for 1995 Ghost in the Shell. Dog, I'm going Masterpiece. Yeah, I gotta agree with you. Go ahead. What are your, what are your points? Well, about? as you had stated, I think we both had, this is something that clearly uh, it has influenced things throughout, right? Beyond just anime. You're talking about movies, you're talking about books, you're talking about video games. This has almost kind of established itself at the kind of trunk of this whole genre that had popped up uh i think it's it it's aged incredibly well i think that the questions that they pose have also aged very well which doesn't always necessarily happen when you have something 
that is philosophical in nature or is asking kind of important questions. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's just, it's great. I can't see any real fault fault into it. It's the perfect length of time. There was never a point in the movie where I was going, oh, is this over? In fact, when it was over, I kind of said to myself, was that it? You know what I mean? Like, that's how into it I was. So, yeah, masterpiece, Jim. I agree, masterpiece. Uh, just for its influence on pop culture going forward, like this is stands on a pedestal, the animation still holds up to the, by today's standards. Uh, the the green computer graphics, they're, the Matrix doesn't have those if it isn't for this opening sequence and their feed of information with this green binary code and its message about AI, human consciousness, and sentience. And Kusanagi is still a beauty standard in sci-fi anime with her bob cut, muscular physique, and her cold unblinking eyeballs like this is such a great film go out of your way to watch it i will warn people watching and i noticed this on you the youtube has it with with ads the i'm not sure what the subtitle what's going on with the subtitles the subtitles seem like they're not synced up and it makes me think that maybe it's the standard subtitle for the english version and i'm not really sure because it didn't seem like it synced up and they said some things that didn't tie in i mean my my japanese knowledge is limited but i can definitely tell some spots where they were saying things in subtitles that weren't the proper nouns weren't in the spoken so it gets a little i don't know if it was like that for you maybe it was just my feed it got a little jumbled up where people weren't speaking and subtitles were popping up and i was like what the hell is going on here did that happen to you yeah that happened to me at certain parts i think more towards the tail end and i think you're right that's more of a fault for like the youtube subtitles have always been uh not good so it kind of stinks that this is one of the only avenues you can see it at the moment, but it's free. I got lucky in that, you know, every once in a while you get graced by, I guess, the Google gods, and they don't they don't put ads in there, so I was able to watch it without any breaks. So you might get lucky as well. Uh, but, yeah, I did notice that. Yeah, I only had two breaks, and I was able to skip, which I was lucky on. All right, Frank. We have our spring 2020 mid-season review coming up next week. It's a big one because we got some stuff moving around. There's some, been some pretty good shows. There's some pretty not-so-great shows. But I do pose a question for you, and we talked a little bit about this earlier. I have pose a question. I have some options for you. In two weeks, what should we cover? All right? I've got, got some options. Ready? Yes, I am ready. All right. We started Cells at Work, correct? Both of us did. That is correct, yes. That's a request from... I don't know if she's a listener. Is she a listener? She is a listener, yes. Okay. So we have a request from a listener for Cells at Work. Uh, we also have Doro Head Doro, which shows up on Netflix next week. Next week as in, I believe, tomorrow, according to my calendar. Tomorrow, Thursday. And also, since we're on the Ghost in the Shell trip, we could do Ghost in the Shell SAC 2045 on Netflix. Now, it's up to you what you want to pick. We're going to cover all three of these things, but I'm going to leave it up to you what we watch. I will say, let's do the let's do the Ghost in the Shell series on Netflix, since it's fresh in everybody's mind right now, and we can kind of go off of that with having just watched the movie this week. I think that would be kind of a nice correlation there. Hit while the iron is hot. I like it. 
Let's do it. Strike that iron. All right, you got anything else to add this week? Uh, don't drink bleach. <laughs> I can't believe we have to tell people that. Stay away from disinfectants. Uh, also, I think I speak for Frank as well. Everybody, we're all going through it together. We're well over a month now in isolation or quarantine or depending on where you're from or where you live. Let's all stick together. Reach out to your friends and family. Make sure they're okay. I dropped off some of my uh, homemade ramen to my brother the other day, and he gave me a pineapple. So <laughs> we had a little food exchange program. And uh, look out for each other. We're almost out of it. We'll be out of it, hopefully not by July, which is some projections are saying. But hopefully we'll be out of it soon and we can all go out and have a good time and spend some money. Right, Frank? Right. And I saw that ramen. That ramen looked good. Yeah, it was pretty fucking good. I, I I still have the broth. I have half of the broth frozen. So I can make more, and I'll bring you. So I'll bring you and your brother some when I make some more pork because I'm out of the pork. The pork was oh my god, it was so amazing. But I'll bring you guys some too. I'm gonna spread it all around because honestly, I'm the only one to eat. My wife can only eat so much. I'm can only suck down so much ramen without turning into a giant fat balloon man. Please do. I was super jealous when you sent me a picture of it. It looked amazing. Yeah, it's a banger. I'll bring you some. All right, guys. Thanks for joining us again this week. Once again. Please share us with your friends and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at NewTakuCast. Send us questions and show requests. Our email is NewTaku2019 at gmail.com. And we'll talk about every single one of them on the air. Listen to us on Podbean, Apple and Google Podcasts, Stitcher and Spotify. And please subscribe and share. Until next time, I'm Jim. And I'm Frank. And Gunbate. Gunbate.